Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Once again, welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. And for this episode's Truth Minute, we'll talk about a wise man by the name of David once said, the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verses 12, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Life is short and borrowed. Today you're here, tomorrow you're not. Today you're healthy, tomorrow you're unhealthy. The question is, in those moments, those times, those days, when things will not be going in accordance to how you expected them, will you look back and ask yourself, why didn't I do this? Will you look back and regret the opportunity and the time that you had? That is why the wise man says, teach us how to number our days. Count your blessings today. Live your life to the fullest, but don't live it like a foolish man. In today's episode, we continue from our uh, series last week, where we hear an amazing story, an amazing, amazing story of someone who's numbering his days, someone who's conquered, overcoming, and choosing to live life to the fullest through thick and thin. George, welcome back. We are glad that you came here again to talk about this. And I think one question that I had from last week that I've been pondering about is, why did you decide to talk about this? I mean, it would be tough for me, and I'm sure for you, Ezra, it would be tough to talk about this. These are traumatic experiences. Um, why did you decide? I know I spoke to you briefly when we met, and you were so anxious and you wanted to come and talk about this but I keep asking myself George why are you talking about this and thank you so much for having me again sometimes um, there are things if we leave them without telling it to people you won't have a a reason for being there. Probably God wanted me to go through this opportunity to be able to tell my story to somebody. I don't know. Probably chose me so that I can be a minister into this particular story of mine about my health. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that have lost hope There are people there that uh, have just received the diagnosis, Mm -hmm. whether cancer or any other thing. Mm -hmm. These are the people that I want to talk to. 
the people out there that uh, might be feeling what I was feeling before I was diagnosed and they are scared of going to find out. I think I stand with my story to be able to tell my story to give them courage once more. Amen. Wow, wow. So last week I know we had you oh, this touching story and I think that uh, I think today we'll start with now you've received a diagnosis it's stage 4 and obviously there's treatments and they talk to you about treatments how did you overcome that fear of treatment i know there's um chemotherapy mm-hmm. and there's effects of mm-hmm. chemotherapy and so how did you overcome those fears the side effects or even the possibility of death and and also while with that uh for the sake of those who might not have listened to the previous episode tell us the type of cancer you have or you had uh and what stage it was at this point when you started the treatment yeah as i, I said last week i was that uh, i was diagnosed with a lymphoma cancer hodgkin's lymphoma cancer uh the subtyping is uh, cellularity which is it means that it's within the cells and it's mixed with the cells and it's common uh to uh, the male and within the age group of 30 to 40 years there to 50 actually mm. that is the age group i am in so that is a type of cancer that i was diagnosed with so tell us about the treatment yeah so i think uh, i left my story last week on uh, the treatment uh that was on uh, Thursday when uh, the oncologist uh, told me okay fine we can be able to start a uh, treatment the following day which was on Friday and uh, she told me ah with uh, you being in the OR and um, twice actually I went twice in the operating room to be able to get the lymph nodes uh, out and uh, also um to get uh, the infusion uh, Uh, implant in me she said uh, let's just give you a break for for few hours like 24 hours to be able to uh, get you uh, into the treatment and i told you uh, at this time our children did not know so i i, I thought it was um, uh, a blessing for us to be able to have that opportunity to be able to uh, talk to our children At that time uh, my firstborn uh, angel she was uh 12 years old and uh Alisa was uh, five years old so with a 12 year old you expect her to know about cancer mm-hmm. so we needed to let them know what was going on with me because uh the treatment as they say you know very well what chemo does to you they will be able to know and we needed to let them know so that they can be able to be a support system so the hospital management asked us to uh, if they can be able to give them um, some talk because uh, they are support system that they can be able to give but uh, we said uh, we we'll, we can be able to do it by ourselves So 
they didn't come and see me on Friday. My first treatment was scheduled for uh, Saturday um, at 7 p.m. As you know, uh, we go to church on Saturday, so the kids did not go to church on Saturday. So we organized with my brother-in-law so that they can be brought to the hostel so that we can be able to talk to them. So they came to the hostel. I remember seeing them. Actually, it was the first time for me to see them because, you know, with that process of me being isolated, they could not come and see me because children were not allowed. I was so happy to see them. I remember shedding tears, mm. crying. I was seeing that God probably was giving me a second chance to be able to be able to see them every day. And uh, I remember my wife telling uh, Angel and uh, Lisa that we have something to tell you. And uh, I said, uh, Angel, You know, I've been sick. And uh, they found out what was going on with me. I could see uh, you know, her body. She was moving her body up and down. She was like, okay, fine, what is this? And I said, uh, they told me I have cancer. And then uh, before I uttered another one, she told me, are you going to die? I said, no, 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 I'm not dying. Uh, this type of cancer that I have, it's treatable, so they're gonna treat me. The treatment is probably gonna take five months. And then she asked, and then it will be gone? And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, okay. Yeah, Alyssa was, uh, was five by then, <laughs> six actually. She didn't understand what was going on. The only thing that she knew was that I was sick. Mm -hmm. And she was like, when are you coming home? Mm -hmm. And I told her, tomorrow, uh, after I get my first treatment, I'll come home. But uh, unfortunately, when I come home, they don't want you to be close to me because uh, I'll be neutropenic. So they were happy, we got some food, we all ate, by noon they were gone. So it was uh, myself and my wife. And I remember my sister-in-law Jackie and Matthew, they came, they saw us and uh, we explained to them what was going on actually. And uh, by 6 p.m., the hostel said uh, they don't want anybody in the hostel, in my room now, because they'll be starting to do my treatment. And uh, the nurse came in and told me 
it will be starting the treatment at 7 that is a chemotherapy and uh, I was told uh, I'm gonna be having a lot of nausea and uh, I'll see my body change in terms of weight and uh, I'll lose my hair my skin tone will change even my nails will change the colors but they told me don't give up mm-hmm. how did that make you feel that just the side effects that you've mentioned how how did that make you feel you know sometimes these things we watch in uh, tv like movies mm-hmm. they they tell they kind of show you how people who have cancer look like but uh, in reality when you go through it it's a different thing mm-hmm. they're trying to give you a picture but when you f- you're faced with it it's different mm-hmm. i thought i was so tough so i said ah, i'm strong i'll be able to i can deal with it i can deal with it As you know I'm, I'm somebody who is more particular with my looks I, I was like okay fine all those I can be able to regain them in future but how will people see me mm-hmm. how will my children see me because if what I see in the TV is what I'm gonna be like mm-hmm. will really really affect them mm-hmm. but uh, I said okay fine let it come mm-hmm. i know my god will be able to stand with me in this process and i don't care because he's there to give me another opportunity to see my children again and my, my, my wife and my family wow powerful so what 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 are some of the things that that people said that gave you strength because i know there's uh, some sometimes we don't know what to say and when someone is going through something tough we we think we know what to say and sometimes someone might not say oh they might not ex- you know say how they felt about what you said but you who's going through it you're internalizing it and it hurts you sometimes some people say hurtful things so and hope you didn't get hurtful, hurtful things but what are some of the things people say that give you strength to push through and if i can add to that what did people say or do mm-hmm. and, and also what would you have wished for people to say or do in those mo- that moment what would that support uh, if if it didn't take place what would have that support system have looked like yeah so i'm going to tell you my support system as we go through mm-hmm. but uh what people did uh, in this initial stage because remember this is my first treatment and um when i felt sick you know um i think i'm a friend to so many mm-hmm. uh being that i go to church and all that so everybody wanted to see me mm-hmm. in the hostel i remember uh, i only put in uh, four names well, that was my pastor uh atian uh, my friend who's atian and my wife that was uh, in the initial stage when they thought it was an infection mm-hmm. and then uh Uh, people just love they just want to be there to see you and talk to you 
So in as much as I put in the name, they will still come to the household. Mm-hmm. They'll come in, they'll, they'll offer prayers. Um, and those prayers, trust me, they kept me moving. Mm-hmm. They'll come and sing songs. Now, just uplift me and I know God is there. You know what? I said, if God could hear me those days when I was still healthy, why can't he hear me right now when I'm sick? Mm-hmm. There's no difference. So uh, it, was, it was okay. But uh, when I was told that I had cancer now, people would come in and, uh, I mean, on that Saturday actually, the few that came and we told them what was going on, you could see the fear in them. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, I, I, look, I look at them and you, you see that sympathy that this person has for you, like, okay, fine. But you gotta have to hold in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that really helped me. Um, and what they said is that God is with you. I don't know if I want to share this, but uh, that is the year that I was given a responsibility in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I'm diagnosed with cancer and on the fifth that I'm getting my treatment, that is the installation day when mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. And, 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 and they just want to come and see me because uh, they, they, they saw potential in me. The love that uh, I had for them, the love they had for me, and uh, they told me, you are going to overcome this. So, uh, I get to start you, the treatment. You know, you know, so sorry to catch yeah. you, but it's very interesting that when you are given the opportunity to, to, to really serve the Lord is when actually the height of when your attack takes place. Yes. Like, it's like The, the, the devil did not want to see you use your potential, your strength, your talent, your gifts to serve God. And I think most of us, you know, sometimes you work in places within the vineyard and people fight for and want power and positions. But you don't know what the devil is scheming for you by just being in that. that state. It's interesting that it just hit me when you say that the day that you're being installed is when you're actually supposed to be going for your chemo. Just the timing of that is the great controversy at the core right. and the heart of it. Yeah, it was so hard. Uh, I remember seeing pictures of other elders being installed, but uh, since I was ordained before, uh, I didn't need to. But uh, yeah, that really bothered me. But I think probably believe maybe God was preparing me mm. and uh, maybe God wanted to show the devil that you cannot touch my children. Mm-hmm. So at seven, they hooked me up into uh, the chemos. I started one of them. Within 15 minutes, boy, the rigors came. I was having very serious rigors. I reacted to the chemo. The nurses had to come in and stop it. 
they call the doctors they call the pharmacy to see the regimens that were there and figure out the scene oh probably that was expected so they made sure they gave me some other medication before they started again doing the chemo and then it cooled me down so it was for about 2 hours and then we were done and uh, i slept well my wife went home uh the doctor said we'll be able to discharge you tomorrow because now we can be able to do this as an outpatient so i was discharged I was told I was going to do that for 5 months. Um every other 2 weeks. So on Sunday in the morning, I wake up, I was still strong. Um my wife came, I was discharged, I went home. I was okay until 8 p.m. when things started going south. Mm-hmm. I would throw up. I would feel weak my joints were weak I'll throw up I took um um uh, those medication the compassin to help with uh, the nausea then um I started feeling itchy on my head that is now that weak and uh I'll scratch my head and I'll see some hair left on my hand mm-hmm. and then I said it has started then uh, I had to cut my hair down maybe it's hard to fall off I had to cut everything down and uh, my kids were very supportive and then uh, the second chemo came in did the second chemo I was okay 3 days I'll start vomiting or feel weak I'll just want to sleep like sleep sleep food was not tasting what I was bad fruits were bad I was told you got to have to eat something to be able to have strength you got to have to exercise One thing I did not tell you is that uh, in all this process I was in school full time. Mm. My wife was in school full time. Wow. My kids were going to school. Mm. So brother, sometimes this is so hard. I suffered, we suffered. I'll go for chemo. My wife will be having classes. And uh it was very 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 tough for us. I will not have strength. I'll wake up in the morning. I had to drop my child, my kid Angel to uh, the bus. I didn't have strength to be able to drive the car because it's a walking distance and it's winter time. it's cold she cannot because my wife will leave the house probably by 6 in the morning she's going to school 
most tough. At times, uh, my appointments will be at that time then, when she's in school. Uh, they will not want me to drive to uh, the appointment to go and do my chemos. So, um, I'll, I'll ask my friends to be able to come and pick me up. Remember, my boss um, told my colleagues that if I ever call them, they'll down anything, they'll come and do whatever I needed to be done because my house is just close to my work. The, 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 the support was there. church people they are very generous they will come help some of them will buy food for us they will bring for us some will bless us financially it was so tough last um Last week, I know you mentioned that one of your fears was snow. Yes. And so, and I think it was winter. Or you've had a couple of winters. Who? So, how how did you? How did you? Something as simple as that, you mm-hmm. know, that something that we know we're supposed to do. Something as simple as that. How did you manage those things? It was a hell of a thing, you know. My wife. She's not good with equipment. Mm-hmm. So, and she will leave at six in the morning. I, I'm probably, I've troubled her the whole night with me being restless with all the chemo. Because I will throw up at night and I will like, okay, fine. I, can I just give up? This is, mm-hmm. this is not the quality of life. Yeah, I mean, there. what is this? Why did I get myself into this? I will, it's, it's too tough. And then uh, you wake up in the morning and, and all the driveway is full of, of snow. It was a challenge. And uh, as I told you, the support we have here, especially from my community from Kenya, it's awesome. Mm. I remember because I'm a leader of the youth, they'll call, what do you want us to do? Sometimes even before I, I answer the call, they tell me, okay, fine, we are on your driveway here. Can uh, just just open the, the garage? We take the snow plow. They'll plow the snow. And uh, they will do it. I mean, they will come every day. Sometimes uh, when they come from work in the evening, they'll come and plow the snow. Uh, sometimes my brother-in-law will come in the morning and plow the snow before he goes to work. I mean... I didn't lack anything, I will say. Mm. It was there for us. Uh, uh, p- these people wanted me to be able to be at my, my best to fight this disease. Mm. And they made sure that I I was there and I saw true friendship in them and God will reward them. Man, you know, it's as I, as, I, as I listen to you, I just want to speak to anyone out there who's listening that no man is an island. You, you can't live by yourself. And um, 
most of the times we alienate communities every community has its own faults and its own flaws but they need how god created us to be relational people to be relational being you know i just want to say shout out to all united youths you know and all the young people out there that's ministry that's real it's not so much about i can sing only but it's it's the acts of service and and when you something small as shoveling snow could mean everything to someone else and for those of us who are healthy who are listening to this just let me remind you that Gaddafi here was healthy Gaddafi here lacked nothing and, and many a times that as the psalmist says Lord teaches out to number our days every single day count it a blessing don't take it for granted last thing I'll say as we go into our uh segment for the break and then we build up is the awesomeness of 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 serving God is that he blesses you through other human beings he blesses you in a very unique way and i want to leave you all for this part of the segment with the story of job in a nutshell the one of the richest people you'll ever think of but in one day he woke up he was the poorest had no health no kids his wife had told him to uh curse god and so don't be so comfortable because today you have a good job you have a good education you have a good family just immerse yourself in christ and when moments like those come you'll be grounded we're going to take a break now and then we'll be back as we continue the second part of this uh segment And for this recess we want to remind you that we are in this series called asking the hard questions of life. And that's what we'll be focusing on this month of October. And we'll we have a testimonial today from George. We'll have now what ifs asking the questions of what if what if we'll go through practical experiences as we are uh, focusing on that and then we'll just build on that and as we ask ourselves these questions let's remember that we have hope there's hope, hope. there's hope there's hope as you've had in that break you have hope the question is hope in what or hope in who um uh, i'll leave you to think about that as we continue to learn more about where the hope of gaddafi was where he gets his inspiration his strength to keep him going when everything seems to be falling apart um So uh John thank you for sharing with us and constantly want to continue acknowledging and saying thank you. Now you in this phase the community is helping you the church family is there every you know you're getting the support system you're going through your chemo you're 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 
your treatment. How long was your treatment and when it ended how did life proceed after that? Yeah, uh before I tell you how it ended. I know in all this process probably somebody will be asking uh where was his family? Mm. Uh we are seeing the church, these friends are coming in, but where is the family in this? So my my family is not here my family is in Kenya but uh you'll expect me to tell them what is going on mm. trust me nobody knew about this in my family not even your parents except my dad mm. my mom is a diabetic and she has high blood pressure mm. my brothers and my sisters are If I dare to tell them automatically my mom will know. Mm. So I did, we decided no we are not telling anybody. I only confided to my with, to my dad and uh, cuz I I knew he will keep this with him. And somebody might ask you will need your parents prayer too. Uh, I said God I want you to heal me so that I can be able to go and see my mom and my my family again but I'm not going to uh put them at risk especially my mom because if she learned that I was going through this who knows anything could have happened to her mm-hmm. so in all this process my mom never knew anything my brothers and my sisters never knew it's only my dad and that's very fitting with what we're talking about this month is the hard questions how do you break down these hard tough you know uh messages to your loved ones you love your mom so much that you'd rather suffer through these without telling her somebody might even dare say is that love right yeah somebody will even dare say if you really loved her you should have told her yeah But this is the reality of the hard questions we face in life. So, uh, as I told you I was supposed to get uh, in treatment for five months. The third month uh, uh we did tests in in the in the month of January it was showing that um the lymph nodes are shrinking. Uh, I'll do um uh those scans and it showed that it was shrinking in the month of February. Uh, it showed only one lymph node was what, showing what what year was that february of 2019 the last year so um come the month of uh, march i went for scan and uh, i was very optimistic and I, i just prayed in the car in the morning and i told god let this be the last one mm. so i went and uh, i did this scan and the following day the doctor called me and told me can you come in so i told my wife let's go so we went and uh, they told us uh, we have some good news mm. 
you don't have cancer anymore i couldn't believe it but i knew it was coming so you knew it was coming yeah i was very hopeful and i knew god would not let me down i knew it was coming it's only that i did not know the day so even with the good news you're already thinking that it's going to come again yes no the good, the good news oh you knew that the good, good news, news is coming yes. all right all right okay so i was happy we were happy the only thing that <laughs> messed up that joy was the doctor said we got have to be realistic here George you are Douglas at stage 4 mm-hmm. if we leave you right now the way it is god forbid this thing might come back in the next 2 years mm-hmm. and when it come it comes back it will be more aggressive and therefore we will recommend that you do a transplant mm. because your cancer had uh, spread into your bone marrow so we told them how much time do we have they told me we have until sometime probably april may there in 2020 because the medications that i mean the chemos that are done needed to be into my system to help with what will be able to do in the transplant excuse me so we went home and we said thanks to god we prayed i remember i went to church and i did my testimony and because uh, everybody in church was praying for us and praying for me and uh, they were happy god answered our prayers the following day i picked up phone my phone i called my dad and i told him hmm. what had happened i told him i'm going to tell my mom now hmm. so i told him let them be together all of them with my siblings have a news for them so i told them unfortunately this something that uh, had been keeping a secret here and uh, you know as i told you my mom has high blood pressure she told me can you speak up boy because <laughs> my temperature is rising up so i said okay fine mom i'm not sick anymore but i was sick and she told me you're sick of what mm. i told her had cancer she told me are you lying are you okay and i told her in the name of the living god mm. i'm completely healed and she i don't know they burst in some noise and they were thanking god so i that was good we went back to our normal uh, lifestyle and uh, as i can tell you um i was told that uh, don't uh, i know people will be asking okay fine what did they tell you to stop doing or what uh, uh, depend uh, cuz 
my type of cancer did not have a lot of complications. People will say, oh, red meat or whatever. Mm. Uh, the only thing that uh, the dietitian told me is that uh, I need to cut down on my sugar, mm-hmm. which of course during that treatment I cut down. Mm. I did not take sugar. I don't take sugar right now. Mm-hmm. I substituted that with um, natural honey. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, white bread sometimes is not good, so I shifted to whole grain bread. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've cut down on red red meat. So there's a lifestyle piece here. Yes, lifestyle change. Lifestyle change. And I think I think this is a good place for us to transition to uh, maybe another segment here of what would you tell people like through this experience you said and you, you, you caught me even thinking for a minute that this type of cancer comes between the men of the age of uh, 32 <laughs> 32 50, 50. 50. Yeah. and we are there and we are about to be there for the next few years <laughs> right <laughs> so um what would be a counsel number one in terms of health lifestyle uh number two in terms of uh you know prepping for moments like this. and we're not saying we're going to go through this but what family you know for you to just caught you by surprise what would you tell men what would you tell people in this stage and then the last part uh, part where we'll be closing you'll tell us now about the last part of the transform uh transplant and where transplant. you are in that part yeah, yeah what, what i can tell you is that um, what you eat determines uh, how healthy you are mm. uh, i i know people told me a lot of things um trust me when you get sick especially with cancer i had a lot of experts and i will check with my oncologist you know i didn't want to be rude and i will take the advice because what they were telling me actually if you look at if if you do your research it tells you that okay fine those are kind of things you need to moderate on how you eat them you need to do exercise most of us don't you feel like okay fine i go to work and i walk around probably that's not exercise mm. you got to have uh, to uh, be physically fit but i can tell you that uh, what we eat is mostly a contributory factor into the health issues that we have mm. especially if you have cancer mm. and sugar sugar just makes that cell to grow so Uh, so, so, it's, su- it's, so sugar makes the cancer a cell if yes. it's not cell it feeds it yeah. to grow yeah wow and, and the sugar <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. and now the other thing that i need to tell you is that let, let's go for a regular checkup so you're talking to men yeah uh-huh. physicals physical. you need to otherwise uh, you'll be late like me mm. so um you remember i told so you so you you are not going for regular No, I wasn't. Okay. I, I had the mentality of the African. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh-huh. So during this treatment, I was just say, I'll just say you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> you're speaking yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That changed because nowadays um I said okay fine. Why do I have to pay for insurance and I don't go to the hospital? Exactly. They're yeah. just eating my money. Let me just go. Mm-hmm. They tell me where the problem is so so that they catch it earlier before it moves to something else and you know there are people out here who are going to be listening to these and you've been paying insurance for a whole year 
but you're waiting until when your body will tell you now it's time to go mm. to go yeah. and, and I'm one of them <laughs> so I'm speaking to myself here right so please listen us Kenan I know you're you're probably with me on this um, you know um especially us men we need to be intentional about these things we need to we really need to step up our game because you don't want to get to a place where you are thinking of selling your house to move your family to a townhouse you know that is that is how when this verse says lord teach us how to number our days that's what actually it means mm. is like help me to know that my time is borrowed so that i may do things the right way when i have the chance and the opportunity to do that so yeah. thank you for that challenge yeah. challenge taken next episode i'll be asking kenan what your plan is so, <laughs> we'll and, 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 and i think to to and the fear is legitimate yeah. you know there's a fear of I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't know would hurt me. Yeah. But that's very dangerous because what actually you don't know is hurting you. Yeah. So I think uh, I'll practice what I preach and I think just going to going and knowing will help will help, will help a lot. So I think just the fear is there it's legitimate but at the best the sooner the better. So as yeah. we as we wrap up I think there's those follow up questions um that that is asked. Yeah, I wanted to ask another question on along as you answer these as we were starting to end up on these is um your marriage your relationship how did did these strengthen or what, what how what journey did it go through because you know you're married when everything is good you're matching dresses your clothes and you know how did these play a role how, well, how, how did it impact your marriage <laughs> and family at large oh man Ezra Kenan it was not easy my wife was prepared she was told you know one thing that happens when you get into chemo and the doctors told me that um chemotherapy plays with your mind too it affects your mind it affects how you reason so my wife was also told she knew my kids she told my kids mm. sometimes i will i will be so much pissed off in the house just a little thing will piss me off um i will shout and uh, she she will just go to the kitchen or somewhere else and um and shed tears and she comes back and say ah, are you okay now and then i will apologize because i come back to my normal senses so those weeks that i will be doing chemo my mind the way i will reason up with things was different but what i can tell you is that uh, my wife stood with me she's still standing with me my children stood with me and as uh, she said remember on the 30th of may 2010 i said till death do us part mm-hmm. i cast myself that day mm. and therefore we are going to stand together until the end So no matter what I will say during this process no matter how I'll behave in this process no matter how many times I'll wake up at night with me going to the bathroom just to throw up man she stood with me and this has created a bond I've seen what this lady has done 
and my children so going to the now this uh the transplant yes just tell us just in brief um if it went well and where are you right now yeah. and then what does the future hold for you mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll end it from there so um we we made a decision in the month of uh November 2019 that okay fine let's go do it and uh so they referred my case to uh, the University of Minnesota and I went there and I saw the specialist very fine refined doctor oncologist a professor um uh, very good in the experiment of the uh, cancer side on on lymphoma and the rest and uh she told me okay fine you're going to have to be strong for this but i know you're strong because you're not all that old you're going to have to get into the treadmill you're going to have to run so fast you're going to have to make sure that your your muscles are built up for this and uh, she told me you, you it's it's not a big deal i think she was lying to me <laughs> she was actually she did <laughs> she lied to me and she knows she lied to me <laughs> So um uh in January they told me uh, I'm supposed to do some pre-treatment before the transplant. It's called an ice treatment. So I will go in for two cycles of infusion. So I went for the first one. They told me this has serious effects. It's stronger than the chemos that I was getting before. But this one was gonna have more effect on me uh it caused some hemorrhage on my bladder that treatment and it was very painful just to go to the bathroom to pass mm-hmm. very painful i cried like a child I cried like a, mm-hmm. i don't know they had to hook me into some uh, serious uh pain medication that I will just be able to inject myself with as long as I will feel pain it was hard and then I was done with that treatment to prepare me unfortunately in the month of february because I was supposed to have my transplant in march this year the board uh in the university of minnesota decided they are not doing any more transplants because of covid-19 so they called me and told me and uh, my my oncology was so afraid because she said if we keep you for long we might take you back to that pretreatment again just to bring you into transplant So I said God what is all this now I think they worked everything on the whatever they wanted to work, work on and then she called back and told me hey George they've approved us to be able to go forward and uh, we can be able to go forward with the treatment now but with precautions so we need to bring you into the hospital here to harvest your stem cells and keep them uh a week two weeks actually two weeks before I go for my transplant so I went in 
uh, they put the big catheter they will go into into me to be able to get uh, uh, the stem cells out I went in they have said the stem cells for two days came back home uh, and um, they started me on um, some medication that will help me especially with the mouth sores then uh, the day came when I went to the hospital for the transplant so I went in the first day they did some pretreatments on the infusion side and then second day they did another one and then the third day they started me on the strong chemotherapies and that was done for three days and then uh, the fourth day they will pump a lot of fluid in me to be able to uh, take out everything that uh, they had already pumped in me and then uh, they did the transplant I think on the fifth day I stayed in their soul for close to seven days actually and uh, they looked at me I was so strong and then I told them ah I thought this was gonna be hard <laughs> it's easy the nurses told me oh Uh, we don't want to speculate but uh, most of the people they come back to the hospital in the next three days or two days so mm-hmm. we don't want to say you're going to come back but there are other people that have come for a transplant here they have been here for one month some have been here for two months because uh, the side effects uh, luckily I didn't have a donor I was only using my stem cells because I did not have the cancer in me so they never needed um, stem cells from somebody else. Okay. So when they did uh, uh that I they discharged me but they told me I will come one of the nurses who was taking me out told me and you'll go I come back. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's uh, don't worry it's normal. Said, I'm not coming back so mm-hmm. we went home mm-hmm. uh, first day oh man it was so tough I go back to the clinic they told me it's okay pump fluids on you give you energy the second day or oh, the third day I was dying I was dying literally drying I said why did I do this mm-hmm. why and I asked myself what so I went back uh, had to the hospital they took me in and uh, I was put on a TPN uh, just mean that I could not eat anything because during that time I would eat and I would just throw it out throw up the way I, it comes into my mouth so uh, for close to seven days I was not eating they would feed me through my tubes and um, I think uh, they got hold of me very well and uh, I was done and uh, I was discharged went back to the clinic my energy came back i can tell you right now with all that is going on my energy is back about 95 percent nice. last week i went for a scans and uh, everything is okay 
And I thank God for everything he's done for us and I'm here. Wow. What a happy ending so yes. far. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Wow. So I, will, I, I don't think this podcast can do any justice yeah. to the story being told. But um we want to let you know that uh he who has brought you this far mm-hmm. will keep you. Mm. Don't give up. Can give up on human beings but not on him. Yeah. So I don't know Kenan. I think uh, there's no better way to end it or better time to end it than than then to say thank you and we have you've inspired us. And I will just give you tell you to give me three words three words that you will tell someone that is going through the same thing just three words what would you tell that person that is going through it could be cancer it could be covid-19 it could be any other thing that is impacting their lives mm-hmm. what are the three words you tell this person it is tough but it will not bring you down tell you hope trust and believe amen. amen there you have it there you have it we're talking about the hard questions and uh, i don't think it can become any harder than that but as long as we're in this world we know that we are in for a great fight because uh, the evil one is not for us This is amazing truth where we tell the truth as it comes and uh, we want to say thank you George for sharing with us and I hope that uh, those who listen us and everyone who's listening that you will find hope comfort believe and trust in the Lord through whatever you're going through. Amen. Once again reach reach out to us at amazingtruthpodcast@gmail.com and If you know us personally you can also reach out to us through our phone numbers. You can call us call us at 612 406 If you like to give us feedback on this podcast, if you would like to uh, say a word or anything or like to encourage those thoughts so 612 406 And also at 763-300-4069. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.